All right, this week on the podcast, we talk about shift work. So if you're a shift worker, this is for you. If you know someone that does shift work, you're related to someone that does shift work, send this podcast to them and hopefully it can help. We talk about nutrition, we talk about sleep, we talk about chronotypes, we talk about circadian rhythm, we talk about chrononutrition, which is a growing topic in this area. So again, hopefully you'll take some tips and tricks away enjoy. Remember today's podcast is brought to you by LSKD, a Brisbane-based clothing company that we believe aligns incredibly well with our brand. Yeah, their active wear is taken over as one of the highest quality outfits on the market. And as well as that, their casual wear is next to none. I personally lived in it while I was in the UK. It's smart, it's casual, and it's stylish. So what more could you want? So from active wear to casual wear, make sure you check them out. You will also receive 10% off at checkout by using the code REBUILD. And by using them, you are helping us grow this podcast. And everyone is a winner, including you, because you will look fantastic. Let's get into the show. I'm James Beatty. And I'm Sean Carroll. And welcome to the Rebuild Health and Fitness Podcast. Oh, all right, and welcome back to the Rebuild Health and Fitness Podcast. Today we are talking about shift work and we have a shift worker on. Hey, Kate. Hello. Hey, other Kate. Hey. You're like a fake shift worker. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unpopular opinion. <laughs> we have two shift workers. We've got a guy that's done night shifts now and again. Sean, ever done a night shift? 6.30 classes are not night shift. No, listen, I've got night shift stories. Don't worry about that. Should we all start with the elephant in the room? What's the elephant? What? This. Oh, my new bit of technology oh. that I've got. Have you seen? I heard a power move on Hamish and Andy. <laughs> Go on. It's like, oh, nice. I've seen a lot of those on Gumtree lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. James gets hustled by any ad on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. Impulse Club. I'm a bit of an impulse buyer at the moment. Um, I learned how they get us yesterday. Pixels. Isn't it? Something like that. Pixels. Something to do with pixels. That's how, like, if I go on a web page and I move off the web page, then they'll keep spamming me with, like, information. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looks so, like yeah. something you'd find So, anyway, this I've got this thing that sticks to the back of my laptop and then it can fold out and then it can hold my phone. So, my phone and my laptop are side by side. So, I can have two screens. can also hold an iPad. This is not a sponsored ad. <laughs> and... It's definitely not sponsored. You got ripped off. And it can become $125 from Switzerland. It's not a rip off. What? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yes. And then, and yes. it's a phone charger. Oh my God, rip off. I got it 25% off in the end. I wish everyone could see this thing. It is ridiculous. It's a- it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever it's seen. It's so underwhelming. It's like oh. little arms for your iPad. Well, usually, you know, you hang off a motion and you're like, oh, this is amazing. I'm like 24 hours into having it now and I couldn't be happier. 20, 20 bucks. He'll use it for a week. No, I can't use it for a week. It's stuck onto the back of my laptop. Yeah, but you'll just leave it folded. Nah, yeah. there's no way. Did you have to stick that onto I told like smart people, like intelligent people yesterday about it and they were all just like, that's pretty good. He's going to be try to type on his phone and push the phone off and that'll be it. No, mate. <laughs> anyway, it's pretty good. If you want to know where to get one, just let me Don't know. Don't bother. Don't bother, please. All right. <laughs> Save your money. All right. We're going into shift work. This can, I think when we spoke about this week, it can be a little bit of a tough one, I think, because there is so many shift workers. I mean, 50% of us in here do shift work. 75% of us have done shift work before. <laughs> Sean, just try and get involved where you can today, all right? Um, but we know on one hand, it is now a carcinogen for humans. Um, so by definition, a carcinogen is a substance 
organism. organism. <laughs> I, was, I was literally had orgasm in my head so much. And I was like, how is an organism, how is an orgasm part of this organism, an agent capable of causing cancer? Carcinogens may occur naturally in the environment, such as UV violet rays in sunlight or certain viruses, or may be generated by humans, such as automobile exhaust fumes and cigarette smoke. We're doing well. You got there. Good job. Honestly, man. I I felt like I feel pretty good right now. I don't know. It's like a high from Friday. High from his impulse. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Either way, we know that it's not good. I think it was 2019, was it? It may have been put on. So a lot of the research is like 2019 onward. So it is all fairly new research. And I'm certainly no expert on this. But I have been looking at a fair few papers and we'll bring up a few things. So we know it's bad for you. But on the other hand... People need to work night shift to make the world go round. Just like Coach Kate, obviously a health-seeking shift worker as a paramedic. So a lot of today will hopefully about what you do for longevity. Kate does night shift at the ABC too. That's why she's never on time. (laughs) (laughs) Back to Sam, health-seeking, but on a way lower level than Coach Kate. Well, I think this is. I think this is all good. To be honest, I think. I think it. I think it'll be a I'm good a conversation. Who works so we'll bring in the science of things, but we'll also bring in the subjectiveness of things to what actually matters. Because again, we can speak about the science like this is how it should be done, but doing it is another factor altogether. So we don't want this podcast to be all doom and gloom. So hopefully, we can give you a better understanding and some ticks, tips, and tricks to help. How do you go with night shifts, Kate? Um. So I guess. From the get-go, like, I need to be clear here. My night shifts end usually one or two in the morning, so they're not like the five till fives. That's why I said you were sort of fake, fake and shift work. But I also <laughs> have 4.30 starts in the morning, so it's very chop and change. Well, then I'm a fucking shift worker too. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really, yeah, it fucks with me. Like, I missed training this morning because I worked last night and I feel like I want to get up and get on with my day. But then the next week I have 5 a.m. starts and I just, yeah, I feel like it ruins me. Mm. How about you? Uh, Coach Kate, Media Kate, oh, sorry, we'll do it today. I think mine was a very learned skill as well. So coming from not having any experience with shift work and doing other jobs whilst I was in uni, which were normal kind of nine-to-five jobs, it was a really hard transition to go from being able to, you know, be awake at those hours compared to what I would normally do. So at the start, I found it really difficult and there is not much support and there is not much knowledge around certain things. And a lot of it is um, like you learn it from either your work partner or your mentors or your bosses. And then I guess over time you work out like a little routine that just works for you. And then you just become a well-oiled machine in terms of doing the same thing pre and post night shift. So yeah, you definitely get better at it. So what do you think your struggles are? What are your biggest struggles, do you think, with night shift? Because you'll be speaking for a high majority of people. Like we have a lot of nurses here, yeah. fireys, Kate's coppers, paramedic. paramedics. So we have a lot of people, and this is just from our gym, so never mind the rest of the world that listen. Like what are the things that you struggle with? Probably just making time for the things that matter in life as well. Like night shift really disrupts your normal rhythm of life. And that's not just your sleep, your eating. It's seeing your family, seeing your friends, having a social life, working, you know, not your normal days, 
not your normal hours. There's so much different about the job that you really kind of sell your soul for the job and it's not a job that you do for the money. It's because you love it more than anything and because it really sets your soul on fire helping people. Mm. Um, So my struggles would be, yeah, just not having time, not having time to service myself in terms of the gym, sleeping, eating, family, doing things that I love. Because I know because you are – very healthy and training is a big part of your life. I know when we spoke last Monday, you'd been over a week without training. Was that right as well? Yeah, that's a, that is a hard part. And it's more of a frustrating part for me as well mentally, because I know that coming from such a sporty background, I know that I need my fitness in my life for more than just one reason. Like for me, it's become a mental health thing as well. Mm. Whereas previously prior to this job, I did it because I purely loved sport and I purely loved competing and training. And I got a thrill out of that. Whereas now it's not just that part for me, it's my mental health and just being happy and having an outlet as well in life to just come here, turn my brain off for two minutes and do something that services me so well. Mm. Do you find that like, you know, the kids are like sort of fresh out of uni deal with it a little bit better and then as you sort of get a little bit older on in life, you know, you know, people that you work with have kids and all kinds of stuff. Like they – you sort of reach a point where like, fuck, I really need to focus in on the things that I can control because I'm like breaking down or hitting these sort of maybe performance – performance starts to decline on the job or anything like that. I think it's more of like if you think of a bell curve, I think the new people are quite Mm. low in that bell curve and then as you get more trained and learned, you kind of increase in that bell curve, hit Mm. your top and then when you do get the side where you're like, okay, I'm interested in children now and family side, you then start kind of petering down the other side of the bell curve. Again, it's night shift is such and shift work in general is such a learned skill and whilst once you've got out of uni, you do have a small taste for what shift work entails because uni students do have to do 200 hours per year. So they come out of uni with 600 hours of on-road placement time. So they do Mm. learn some of these vital skills, but because they aren't doing it on a consistent basis, it's really hard for them to like know what they need to do or get into their routine. That's going to work well for them because what I do won't work for anyone else. And I know between myself and the girl that I work with, I call her my work wife, we have completely different routines, but it works for me and it works for her. And I know that's the same throughout any other emergency service. We've all got our own personal routine. And that's, again, something you have to figure out yourself. Yeah. But similar to sort of nurses as well, I guess, that do these sort of shift works. And there was a – this was from – study so I can't say it it was like nurses heart related deaths increased by 9% it's pretty shocking hey shocking and there was loads of statistics that I didn't necessarily want to read out but I can say that none of it was positive mm. obesity rates cardiovascular disease isn't there a life dementia. expectancy one it's like it's every like, year you work night shift takes drop. it's like 10 years yeah it's 10, 10 years of your life. huge yeah. imagine imagine if you look back at the last 10 years at how much you've done and achieved and seen be like someone's going to miss out of 10 years of that experience. It's pretty fucking big. Like in the last 10 years, opened a gym, bought a house, had a family, X, Y, Z, even though, you know, the life and dropped later down in life, but 
you know, as you transition into that stage of life, that's... A decade's huge. Decade's huge. Yeah, huge. And I don't know how long that would... You know, like if people quit smoking and they can get back to a non-smoking yeah. lung after a period of time, I'm sure it'd be the same with shift workers. And what I see with shift workers is usually they go through this cycle of, like Sean said, they will shift work. And then over time, as they become more experienced, they'll get different roles or better roles and things that suit their life a little bit more. So it's like a, a rite of passage for some, I guess, but some people will stick for it for a long time. Um, I know you struggle with food and things around yeah. um, nutrition because it's like a longer day, right? And 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, I'm tired. I'm going to eat to stay awake. And I'm an emotional eater, like eating my feelings. And like last night was particularly stressful. And I was like, I just need some sugar because mm-hmm. I'm crashing. And I think we talked about this yesterday. Yeah, it's a tough cycle. Yeah, and I just I got stuck in it, and I was like, I don't give a fuck because yeah. it is midnight and all hell's breaking loose. Yeah, what do I do? It's the feelings she's talking about. It's the same with caffeine, right? Same with like everyone goes towards sugar because sugar is the thing that picks you up quickly, gets your blood sugars up well, really and it's fast. Readily available, the vending machines there. It's got chips, chocolate, and soft drink. That's what's in it. All the good, see, all all the good stuff. Out. So you have that right, and then it's you go up, and what goes up has to come has to come down and it's down and the only thing in your head is I need more it's because it's the only thing that's going to pick me up again I've been in that cycle with caffeine oh, so fucking flat oh, the only thing that will ever work in my life is caffeine water don't just caffeine exercise no no forget it it's only caffeine that I need right now so you do get stuck in these sort of loops what I will say before we go into sort of the nutrition side of things is I have done night shift. I was a night shift on a farm. <laughs> okay. So during like, Man's I worked on a farm for like 18 months in, inland, like years ago when I came to Australia. And we had to do night shift, like irrigation. You had to plant during the night because of certain temperatures and things like that. How amazing is getting into bed in the morning? To me, that was the biggest. I used to love it. I used to finish <laughs> night shift, right? Fucking finish it. And I used to work with my mate Jack. <laughs> we used to make breakfast and we would be starting to like giggle like giggle together grown men, just like giggle and just be like god man I'm excited about bed <laughs> and we'd be talking about getting a shower and then we'd get into bed we shared a room at this time right we shared a room and then we'd just start like laughing getting into bed and I thought it was just the fucking best feeling ever do you get that? absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get the 4am delirium yeah. and that's when you know like Shit's getting real. But then you're like, yes, I finish at six. Yeah. It's almost there. But yeah, I agree. I fantasize about bed. bed while I'm driving home. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I can't wait for that feeling. So, yeah. That's how good it's going to bed. Because I love sleep, man. I love sleep. <laughs> I, love yeah. sleep. I love sleep. It's mad when you're younger and you actively fight sleep. I don't want to go to bed. It's like, oh, I'd love to be sent to bed. I think, yeah. I think we're going to touch, touch on this later anyway. But like... You know why? Like one of the main reasons why shift work is is so disruptive is because it interrupts our natural circadian rhythm, and we've we've spoken about this numerous times on podcasts. But circadian rhythm is like your body's natural body clock, and that's been ingrained in us over millions of years. And again, there's some variance in that. Like some people are naturally morning people, like like Kate. Me, obviously. Um, some people like to stay up a little bit later, but for the most part, like in the in its sort of simplest form, like as the sun rises your body is naturally starts producing a little bit more cortisol to get you up and ready for the day cortisol is a stress hormone it's not it's not bad it's bad if it's like if you're constantly under stress but it's crucial to sort of get you up get you going then conversely on the other end as the sun starts to set 
your body starts producing a little bit more melatonin. Again, melatonin, not crucial for getting you to sleep, but it is crucial to helping you have deep restorative sleep. So important for your deeper stages of sleep. Now with shift work, obviously we are interrupting that cycle. So for periods of time, you could be awake for like 18 hours of the day, sleep for six, but that sleep, that six hours sleep is sometimes in the middle of the day. So as we spoke, same with nutrition and training, mm. our bodies are creatures of habit. We thrive on it. And we're never going to be at our best with disruptions to our, I guess, homeostasis, our level of normality. And there's things that we can do within that, like Kate's got her own little routine. You're getting better, finding out things well, that work. Well, this is a thing I think, like we're talking about night shift is one thing and we have staff that just do nights. Mm. One of the biggest struggles for me is going from a week yeah. of night shift yes. to then going to 4.30 starts and I'm like, how the hell am I going to get to sleep? Like I was staying up till 4.30 and now I need to be up at 4.30. I don't – like that change is so disruptive and I don't think – workplaces focus enough on that and consider that when they're chopping and changing. They're like two days in between, you're fine. Well, and you're like – Who – you got to think as well, like the people who are making those rosters and controlling that side of things aren't the people in the in the trenches. Yeah, doing, they're on the nine do, to fives. They're fine. The they don't know the ramifications of it. Yeah. And it's tough because, you know, the roles that are being done at night shift are generally crucial roles that have to be done. It's not – that that's the that's the tough thing. Like whatever solution you come up with is never going to be good as good as it would be if you were just working normal. There's got to be a reason loaders. people get. I don't know what it is in, uh, with paramedics, but in construction, night shift workers get paid a shit ton of money more. Yes, like so much more money. You're only going to get paid a lot more money for because it's not very good for you. Yeah, we only get fifteen percent loading for. After 10 p.m. I think ours is the same. I think it's about 15%. So it's actually not much in comparison to if you were to do an afternoon shift or a day shift or even work the weekends. Mm. Better to do a a Sunday, double time. And most people elect to do Sunday and they'll elect to do an afternoon shift, which will usually finish it anywhere from, you know, 9 p.m. onwards to, you know, 9 to 12. And it would be annoying with, like, with paramedics because you have a cut-off time in your head. Like if Kate finishes that, X time she gets out at X time. But if you're a paramedic and you <laughs> no, finish it, all right. Or if you finish at six day of construction, and if you finish at six and some something comes in, that could keep you going for another two hours. Yeah, and that's the hard part because that's the unknown, and there's no real regulation around that, which I think a lot of the like unions are trying to um, figure out what is acceptable or reasonable overtime. Um, so yes, in the last, it's probably the one of the only jobs where you dread the last hour of work because if you get a job, any job, mm. could be a really serious one or something quite simple, you will absolutely be going overtime for one to three hours. And mm. if it's a huge job, maybe four or five. So you've just turned a 12-hour shift into potentially 15, 18 hours. And I've done that. Yeah, because it's, it's not like you can just be like, oh, sorry, my shift's done. <laughs> You're dying well. on the floor. I've got to go home and sleep. Yeah. And of course, it's a finite resource, right? There is only so many ambulances and everyone does their best to, you know, make the system work well, but there's, you know, there's limitations in there as well and we can only do the best that we can do. So sometimes, yeah, you have to do the overtime and you can't fight it and it just ends up in your time being cut away. And I, 
again, as you said, like people don't realize that like, yes, it's a well-respected job, but you give a lot to do the job mm. with not much in return. It's tough. Anyway, right. All Let's doom and gloom, right? That'll do us. <laughs> All doom and gloom. <laughs> Let's give some what, tips and tricks. What can we do? Yeah. So, actual um, circadian rhythm, sort of the natural cycle of physical, mental, and behavior change that go, your body goes through in a 24-hour cycle, right? Because, again, your body will release certain hormones at certain times, which Sean will get into in the thing. One thing that's sort of emerging is something called chrononutrition. I came across this probably about four or five years ago from a guy called Alan Flanagan in the UK. Um, the nutritional advocate on Instagram, super intelligent bloke. I said to Kay before, he's too intelligent. Like he might as well be speaking a different language. We're in the same industry, but he may as well be speaking a different language. Okay, but again, loads of research come out now. Let's put it a little bit simpler. So chrononutrition is an emerging field building on the relationship between eating patterns, circadian rhythm, and metabolic health. Evidence from both animal and human research demonstrates adverse metabolic consequences of circadian disruption, right? So we know that your circadian rhythm plays a big role, okay, with nutrition, right? So historically, humans ate during daylight hours and slept during nighttime hours, it should and their bodies would produce hormones to align with the needs of that particular time of the day e.g. producing melatonin at nighttime like what Sean just spoke about and cortisol during the daytime so modern living doesn't always stick to the same schedule and can now throw this sort of rhythm off yeah this is where we get into like you know so some people who like hate breakfast you know them sticking to the traditional I guess eating template that we've sort of been brought up with forcing themselves to eat at breakfast doesn't really work for them based on that as they sort of fit into those chronotypes. They might find like for you, if you're never hungry in the morning, you might feel better eating a little bit later. I think, you know, some of the stuff around when it comes to shift work and nutrition, that based on like the scientific literature around like advice around what to eat when you're on shift work, to help sort of maintain your natural natural circadian rhythms or your well, on that side of things, the advice is not to try and eat during night. Like you have, try and keep your meals as normal as possible to allow your body to stay in sync with its its natural natural rhythm. So like that's you know, so depressing. Yeah, but it, it's but you can understand why in terms of like your body is a creature of habit. We're trying to keep these habits as normal as possible because if you're eating as normal as you can leading up to your night shift like if you think at night anyway when you're you're at rest you're sleeping you're not eating anyway when your digestion's doing this thing yeah it's when your body's meant to be recovering and again when you're on night shift generally your your hunger is triggered by habits around oh the vending machine's right there or Susie's bringing in a bunch of cupcakes for everyone like it's like oh Hunger signals get triggered, I'll have a little bit more. And then it's as what James spoke about, we get that rise and fall of your blood sugar which or caffeine hit, which start chasing that a little bit more. Again, not ideal, but they're just talking about like if in an optimal scenario, that would be the advice. Well, the simple thing is if you are eating at night, then it's going to throw everything out of whack. Yeah. Your whole circadian rhythm is going to get out of whack. So now you're just confusing the body and the brain with what is going on. And that's where we can feel like we've got like bits of jet lag and things at time. Artificial light can also affect it. Like yeah. if you're up at night and you're just like watching TV and you, it's going to be the same, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think we were speaking about this just just before. So, you know, as as the sun rises, we get a big hit of blue light, green light, red light, all part of the visible light spectrum. And again, this is crucial for helping regulate your body's natural circadian rhythm. The thing with blue light in its sort of isolated form, so this is from like LED lights, TV screens, phone screens, it comes in quite a, a concentrated, intense form. Blue light mixed in with the sun all that, fine, unreal. Crucial to having quality life. But when you're staring at it, when your body is meant to be producing melatonin, it stops the production of melatonin. Like it makes you pretty much tells your brain, Hey, it's go time. You know, don't worry about melatonin. We're up. We're ready to yeah. go. We get another hit, a little, little cortisol spike. And that's what sort of, that's what really fucks with people. Even, even without shift work. So people will naturally still fall asleep at a certain time because based on the other mechanism that people get to sleep through ATP depletion and the buildup of denizen, that's what helps people get like fall asleep. That's why toddlers can just drop when they just run, 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 sleep. But then these are the people who wake up at one o'clock at night, two o'clock in the morning, and they're wide awake. But they're also the first thing they go to is their phone. Yeah, that and then they get another little huge fucking burst. hit, and then they say, "I can't." Oh, just I was up for an hour last night. I couldn't sleep. It's like, yeah, yeah, bad. And then you know, conversely, in hospitals, LED lights everywhere. It's like. Fucking crazy when you walk airports, in airports, everything, right? And there actually, there are some hospitals that ha- are having a play around, especially on the like emer- emergency room at night. Like to, they've gone to like sort of red lights to sort of make it a bit more brothel, easier, easy, yeah, a bit more <laughs> brothel vibes, but easier for people to to sleep because when we have the, you know, if you notice when the sun sets, we get that sort of nice, relaxing sort of reddish vibe and. Red light in sort of isolation is a relaxant. It helps as you relax, promotes like a parasympathetic activity and melatonin production, which is why like if you've ever gone camping, I love using this example, but if you've ever gone camping and you're not fucking sending it all night, but you're just chilling around a campfire, every everyone goes to bed 7, 30, 8 o'clock and everyone wakes up next morning. It's like, oh, fuck, we went to bed early last night. Mm. It's like, yeah, so it's meant to happen. <laughs> So the best advice I think I've ever gotten from you was around the light stuff. And it like I wear blue blockers because I'm working on a computer at yep. night, the blue blockers for the night shift. And then I read before bed, even like last night, got home at two. I was like, I need to wind down because yep. it was like, go, go, go adrenaline. So it was like half an hour of um, reading helps me wind down and I'm off my screen then, but my mind's mm. entertained. And then in the morning, the sunlight. So those are three things you've given me that have had a big impact. So it's like get a little hit of sunshine in the morning. That yeah, always helps me wake up. And so those three combined, I think just thinking about the impact that light has on me makes a difference. And this is a a tough one, but a valuable one, only only for the brave. But say like finishing <laughs> if you're if you finish night shift and you're looking to to get to bed, one of the something else that can be quite helpful is is having a cold shower. So you might have a hot shower but then finish with 30 seconds of cold. One, because cold shower sort of shocks the body a little bit and forces you not to think about anything else but trying to control your breathing and also helps bring down your core, core body temperature. So for you to actually fall asleep, your body temperature needs to needs to drop. And again, that can just help 
you know, again, no one's thinking about anything else in a cool, cool shower apart from breathing and like, oh, fuck, when's this going to end? As you get out, you want to be in long enough that when you get out, you've got that little bit of a shiver reflex. You know, when you start like shaking because you're cold, that's the sort of, that's sort of what we're, what we're chasing. But then to be able to dry off, your body's, body temperature is starting to lower just, just fractionally. And then when you can get into bed, you want to keep your room as dark as possible. Eye mask if you're sleeping during the day. Aircon on, keep your room as cool and dark. And at least that way you you not sort of you're sort of tricking your body into thinking that it's it's nighttime. Okay. But again, if you're tired enough, you'll 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 sleep anyway. You're just giving yourself the best chance to have quality sleep. What do you do, Kate? Uh, a few things. I haven't tried that cold shower thing, um, which I think I will now adopt. But yeah, I've originally I call it like sleep hygiene. Um, I've adopted my own. Most of us do some like these things, but as to how many you do is individualized. Um, but my thing is as soon as I come home, I do not touch my phone. If I need an alarm to get up, which after night shift I do, I only sleep four to five hours and that's maximum because um, then otherwise this circadian rhythm, you stuff it too far. You need just enough sleep to then survive the rest of the day to then go to bed that night. So I'll set my alarm before I walk in the door. Once I've walked in the door, I do not touch my phone. I do not look at it. I do not get any of that blue light. I do a really hot shower just because that's just what seems quite calming to me. But I'm going to adopt the cool ending to that. Um, But same thing, dark room. Um, I don't – we've just moved into our new house, so we need to buy some shutters and stuff. So my room is not very – dark and it's not very cold mm. so I've got a fan on full force and then I have a really good um, blackening eye mask so Sick. essentially I make it as dark as I possibly can as well and like you said Kate I read a book as well because if I'm feeling quite wired um, the book is the only thing that will calm me down mm. and really actually activate like my feeling of like I'm going to sleep now so yeah that's the main thing for me It'd is be- that It'd be tough too if you come in home. I know we've got Ben Patterson who does night shift as well, who has to go home and then he has two children at home as well and you're trying to sleep at the same time and you've got two toddlers running around. So It's amazing. Still, like it's amazing what the human body can do. Humans are wildly adaptable, crazily adaptable. Yeah. And that's the good thing about human beings. Yeah. And you can train yourself to pretty much do anything you want. Absolutely. And I think people forget that because once I – speak to people about how I deal with things. Again, even the patients I talk to about having issues with their sleep, I'm like, you have to train yourself. Mm. You train a child to sleep, right? You need to train yourself to sleep and get those cues. Which is crazy, right? Because in certain lines of work, like a lot of the night shift works, you need to be sharp, right? yeah. which means you'd need a good amount of REM sleep. Yeah. The, listen to the guy that owns Whoop, the founder of Whoop and the genius behind Whoop, and he was talking about the biggest thing that he has seen. Just to go back a little bit, the biggest in thing he has seen is the blue light, stopping blue light. Like it's the biggest game changer towards like restorative sleep is stopping blue light, which was crazy, right? I mean, I speak to Jess about it all the time. Her phone is like, it could light up the world. It's that bright in the middle of the night and you'll see her in the middle of the night and it'll be like, Poof, up. And I'm like, just put this red light on like we've got on our phone. I don't like it. Yeah, but because <laughs> yeah, it's not nice to look at, is it? So someone else will tell her one day and, you know, she'll be good. Or gorilla this weekend all day. Um, chronotypes, you mentioned it before. This is sort of a lot of new research. You're coming. saying cr- chrono, right? Chronotypes? C-H-R-O. Yeah, it sounds like you're saying corona. 
No, I'm not saying Corona. <laughs> I did not pick up that. I thought you pronounced it really, yeah. really well. Corona types. I'm just checking. Racist. All right, <laughs> 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 oh, so Corona types. So a lot of time you come into a, you're either an early bird, a night owl, or somewhere in between. So we had a good discussion yesterday. Kate, what are you? I'm everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm everything and I'm nothing. I'm just always amazing. <laughs> so you, you said you're a night owl usually? Yeah. Like I, don't get me wrong, I function just as well early in the morning as I do at night. But me, I, if I had a choice in how I would live my life without shift work, I'd be sleeping in and I'd be staying up later. Like I feel like I function better, especially with training at night time. Well, you are morning. Yeah. Like I'll – yeah. Come come nine thirty, like I oh nine o'clock, even eight thirty now. Fuck I'm getting mm. <laughs> But yeah, I'll I'll be like sunsets, dinner, shower, bed. Yeah, I'm sort of in between I think I've trained myself to some extent to be a morning person. I wasn't naturally a morning person. Like if I can lie in, I will have a lie in. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, like I can't like I like I wake My lie in now will only yeah. be like six thirty or something, yeah. but Still, do you think that that's changed though? <laughs> since that? both that's like is that earlier than nah, it's from because I no. feel like if you know that there's stuff that you have to do in your day and you know that there's a child running around and you're like, oh, I might as well just get up and do you start this day. Well, no, the kid wakes you up, or that <laughs> I, th- I think it is a bit of a, a learned behavior as well. But like, because I lived like all through high school, I'd have to get up around like six o'clock, no matter, no matter what, just to get to the train at time on time by seven. So for the last have a how am I twenty odd years since I started no, not that long. Just shy of twenty years. Since I started like high school, like I've been always getting up early. Had the gym for the better part of a decade now as well. First class starts at five, so you're up at up at four to get ready for that. Um, so even if I like a sleep in for me is five just past five thirty. But if <sighs> But I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. Like if I get up before Leo, which is every other day, like I can go and like I love sitting out at my deck, having a coffee, just sitting in the morning sun. That's something I've really tried to to focus on lately. Not trying to jump on, do emails, do little bits of quick things. Like get up, walk the dog, come home. Leo, if he's up, he'll make a coffee with me, and we'll just sit outside. Smart boy. Smart boy. Press the buttons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose chronotype sort of goes against this a little bit that it is sort of hereditary yeah. to, to some extent. So different people have different chronotypes, so commonly known as an internal clock. So this can be influenced by the same things that influence circadian rhythm, uh, plus things like shift work, jet lag, mood disorders. Because jet lag is pretty much what it is, yeah. right? Every single time, you know, we, we can get over that. So like I said, there are three chronotypes. So you've got the morning type, the evening type, and neither. <laughs> well, I'm not evening. You can be whatever I think you I'm be late type. morning though because I feel like like 11 till 7 <laughs> is my happy sleeping time. 11? What? 11 yeah, p.m. till 7 a.m. is, happy, okay, is gotcha. the best time for me to go to bed and wake up. That's naturally when I yep. tend to hover around. So then like – I like training in the morning, starts my day, and then 9 a.m. I'm firing and I feel far more productive in the morning. Well, we've got definitions for them. Um, so morning types, obviously, early, early risers, getting up with the sun and sleeping easily at night time. Yeah, that's okay. not me. Okay, we've got evening types, find it harder to wake during the day, but are more productive in the evening and night time. And most people fall 
somewhere in between. I would very much say that I'm quite in between. Yeah. Naturally. But because I've just worked in my job for so many years, I just yeah, trained I myself to get up early. Yeah, and you had to, if you, you had the freedom to like- I think I'd be like in. seven o'clock. Yeah. I think seven o'clock would probably be my sort of sweet time, but I go to bed really early. And again, it's hard because we're in Queensland too and the sun, sun comes up at, well, what now, 4.30? The sun mm. is up. Apparently Queensland's like the median early, the earliest rises in Australia from the median waking time. You know that just from coffee shops. Like you go, you walk around at five o'clock in Brisbane. Coffee shops open. And Melbourne all the restaurants close at like eight. Melbourne <laughs> nine a.m. Like can't get coffee anywhere before yeah. eight. It's at stupid. Fuck Melbourne. <laughs> um, so a study in two thousand nineteen looked at the connection between chronotype diet and cardio metabolic health. Researchers found that identifying with an evening chronotype is associated with lower intake of fruit and vegetables and higher intake of energy drinks, alcohol, sugary and caffeinated beverages, as well as higher energy intake from fat. What do you reckon, Kate? She wasn't listening. She wasn't listening. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> I think... I agree. Some, something in here that I think the simple tips are is like your meal timings and that they do actually make a big difference um again from an enzyme standpoint from a digestion standpoint from an absorption standpoint okay when these functions are sort of interrupted we can't break down foods as well as possible so the easiest thing if i've got night shift workers is to try and keep to as regular eating pattern as possible and what that might look like is pre-night shift say night shift starts at what time Six. Six, right? Six so you, you can still have a big dinner. You can still have a really big dinner at that point, right? We won't talk about eating during the night shift yet. In the morning, you finish it, say, six again, 12-hour shift, six till six. You would have then a breakfast, like a decent enough breakfast before you go to sleep. So two of those meals are already sorted within the day. You just said you can only sleep for X amount of hours during that time because it starts to play with your circadian rhythm. So if you go to bed at seven, you might wake up at one for example, or two, have a meal then. So then you're starting to stay as regular as possible and you really need to fight for this to happen. The easy thing to do is try and just move your meals into the nighttime and now treat your daytime as your nighttime. This is where dangers start to happen. I had a look doing the research this podcast yesterday on the WorkSafe Queensland app, which is a government app, which was, I read through it and I'll be honest, I was reading through it so I could pull it apart on the podcast it's actually pretty good. Like, it's pretty good. And Kate, you didn't even know about this, but it pretty much nails the majority of things. It talks about chrononutrition, but without mentioning the word, it talks about eating habits. It talks about your nutrition, what you should be looking for. So it's all basically in there. In a couple of their tips through the night is like a, a small meal, if need be, like a small meal, and then maybe a couple of snacks. But again, what you eat, eat during this time is going to be really important because the go-to is usually things that you believe are going to keep you awake. They're usually things that are sort of high GI, right? Things that are going to play with your blood sugar. But realistically, we want the opposite. Do you mean we want something that is sort of slow release and that's going to keep us maybe a little bit fuller? Um, So again, keeping to high protein, your carbohydrates and sort of lower GI, I think are going to be a lot more beneficial. And then obviously having some fiber within there as well, like having something that's going to make you healthier. If I say that word, everyone, I think listening will have an understanding of what I mean, right? There's lollies. Okay. They're not bad, but there's fruit. 
which one is going to be better at that point? The fruit is going to be more nutrients. It's going to be ben- more beneficial for when the, you go. Yeah, just off the back of that. Remember, there's always a good example. Like when you have an apple, you never go, it's, it tastes good, it's nice, but you never go, oh, I'll have another one of them. Because it's nourishing. Yeah. Good source of fiber, good source of nutrients. Or boring enough. Yeah. Or realistically, boring enough. Yeah. Lollies aren't boring. It takes so you, you a little you, bit of time you, to get through too. You, you, you got to te- chew. Yeah, yeah. So you tend to get through it. Um, a little bit more. What tips and tricks do you, what do you eat at night time? Have you found anything that works for you or anything that doesn't work for you? Yeah. Again, trial and error. And then uh, with a dietitian that I was working with for weightlifting, I had to get her advice because again, this is not something people teach us. Um, It's not widely spoken about and it's not really that widely known. I don't know, just in the ambulance service or every other emergency service. I don't know. It's not really spoken about too much. Um, but essentially she told me what you said to try and keep my meal times as close to normal as possible. Um, that's been the biggest game changer for me. So I eat at about five or six o'clock before I start work. I might have another meal at about nine or a smaller snack at nine. So and you're then still I sort of with that. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And then I won't really have anything about until two or three in the morning. And for me, that's just a coffee. And I cannot survive if I do not have that coffee because the urge to sleep at yeah. three in the morning for me is is my crash time. Mm. And I cannot afford to have that driving an ambulance with a patient. It's easy when you're in the back managing the patient because you're awake, you're, yeah. you're in the light, you're managing them and talking to someone and being engaged. But when you are looking out of your windshield into a dark road, you're not yeah. getting that same light stimulus so you do, you get sleepy and it's the scariest thing. So my partner and I like to have a coffee at one or two in the morning whenever we can try and get one and then nothing until, as you said, breakfast. Yep. Um, and I eat the same foods. I do not change my eating habits um, for what I eat on my days on. As to days off, it's all the same. So I eat dinner foods at dinner, breakfast foods at breakfast. Yep. Um, yeah. No extreme science. I always cook my meals. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what's in my food. Um, I, I guess that's a bit of my upbringing and um, how I prefer to live my life as well. I prefer to eat healthy food and to fuel my body, not just for performance, but to get through my night shifts and to get through work because this type of work is not just mentally demanding, but it's so physically demanding and you don't realise – how much is involved of you sometimes. Mm. And sometimes you really do need the sustenance, especially after doing a very big job that's quite, you know, labour intensive or has taken a lot out of your brain because most of the time you're multitasking. Mm. You're trying to tell someone else what to do. You're trying to tell yourself what to do. You're then rethinking over, have I forgotten something? Yep. Do I need more people to help me? How are we got this person out? Do we need to pick them up? Do I need a special chairlift? Like there's just constant questions going through your head. Yeah. So I just find that the mental fatigue is a huge part of it mm-hmm. um, as well. But I keep everything as close to normal as possible. Yeah. So I'd say for some people, it would be that fight to have breakfast because most people are just dying to go to sleep at that point, right? Like have so, if you don't have something big, like have something. Stay yeah. into sort of your normal routines and your behavior so your body can understand that. With your line of work, Kate, Obviously, I know some days like you're hectic depending on what's going on in the world, but some days you're going to be naturally quieter, right? Is it them quieter days that you'd lean towards other things as like to break up the day or yeah, like a bit it, of boredom or? It's like when it's quiet, 
I'm thinking, why am I here? There's nothing to do. Whereas when I'm busy, it's adrenaline and that's when I feel like I thrive. But then it, I guess it's both in a way because last night was hectic as and I was like, I just need to chew on something while I'm working because mm. I have so much – I can't concentrate. It's midnight and I'm having to have this finite attention to detail, mm. which is not in my – like attention to detail is not my forte as it is. So I was using all my brain power and it's like almost helps me focus to sit at my desk and eat. But then when it's quiet, it's like it's something to look forward to in a – endless shift where it's like oh my god I've got another six hours and it's I just have my dinner and I try and have my dinner later so that I don't snack at 10 or 11 but it doesn't yeah I would say a benefit just thinking now a benefit of night shift is that you can get an extra serving of protein or two in so it means you get more Jackie Chan (laughs) realistically right we speak about muscle protein synthesis muscle protein breakdown you can have like six six then your sleep's still cooked. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> just trying to just trying to think of some good stuff, right? Trying to think of some good stuff, and then training around it. What about training around it? Because I'm going to say some days you just can't hit it at the intensity that you would like to hit it at, um, which is probably a, a positive thing. Yep, there's probably a lot involved with training around shift work. It a lot of it comes down to being super organised. And I feel like if you're not organized, then you're not going to fit in the training that you need. And as you guys know, I'm a huge calendar person. If it is yep. not on the calendar, it does not happen. Oh, this podcast. <laughs> it was like in my calendar. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I know what shifts I'm working for the week. I know what day of the week it aligns with. And then I know whether I can come to a rebuild class or whether I have to do my own training um, because I'm still trying to compete in – Olympic weightlifting, I then have to schedule other specific trainings that are for weightlifting around that. And I will never train uh, before or after a day shift. So a day shift for us is usually 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. There is no time in the day. And as I said, I'm a night person. So there is no way in hell I'm getting up at 4 a.m. to get a session in before that day. Mm. That's just a too big of a day for me. And I know I have tried that at the start. And it ended in complete failure. I have no brain power left at the end of the day. And I'm no good to anyone if I can't keep myself well. So I never train through day shifts. Uh, Our afternoon shift is usually 11 a.m. till 11 p.m. And I can usually manage a small Mm -hmm. training in before that because, again, circadian rhythm, it's normal for me to get up at 7 or 8 a.m. I can get a small workout done, whether it's at my house or coming to the gym and still feel quite ready and energized for work. I will never do a huge strength session. It's more of like a cardio session, just something to keep the body moving, the blood pumping, to just feel a bit better about my day. It's more the endorphin rush really. Mm, yeah. And then night shift, I find that I definitely can train before night shift because you have the whole day. And yes, you want to sleep as much of that as possible, but I will usually try and sleep in till about eight or nine get a little workout done and then go back to bed yeah. for another three or four hours. Because um, I guess if you finish night shift and then trained, which some people have done here yeah. in the past, then your central nervous system could be a little bit too awake then to try and get to sleep. I suppose yeah. if you're training pre-night shift and you train, it probably could be a positive thing. And that's how I get back into my normal rhythm. So then once I finish night shift, I will eat my breakfast, do all of my normal sleep habits, go to sleep. I only get four or five hours in. If I get more than that, I'm not sleeping the night. 
that night. So it's mm. not worth it. So I'll sleep my four or five hours, get up, and then I force myself to get to training because it's the only way that routine. I can, yeah, routine. Just comes back to that simply. So I struggle with this in terms of we talk about the importance of sleep, right? And then it's like what's more important to me in this moment? Is it sleep or training? This morning it was sleep because I finished so late and I was like I've been exhausted this week. But that to me feels like a constant battle because I want to train because I feel good and it wakes me up. But sometimes, like we talk about, don't sacrifice sleep because then your satiety hormones and recovery and all of that goes out the window. And I just don't know where the line is. I don't think there is a line. I I feel like it's a sliding scale. Definitely. Like some days the best thing for you is to do the hard thing and train. Other days you need to sleep. Yeah. I think where people get in trouble is they always pick the easy option. And they don't get to do the thing that they they want to do. They want like if you want to train, you're always like, oh no, I just need, I need my feedback sleep. loop. Right, it's just such a bad cycle to get into. Yeah. But then the opposite is also true, and I know this, can't burn the, the same kind of personalities much. exist within emergency services. Right, type A personality, pretty outgoing, driven. We're all very similar, and so you'll find a lot of us still compete in some type of sport or are still quite active. And they will burn the kennel at both ends. And I know that I'm a candidate for that too. So whilst thinking, okay, I need to do this, it's not always right to. So you really do have to listen to your body. And being female, it does change that somewhat as well as to where you are in your menstrual cycle. And I find that I will definitely have way more energy for two and a half weeks. And then the last, depending where you are, leading into your menstrual cycle and definitely on your menstrual cycle I struggle with um, having the energy then and that's when I definitely prioritise sleep. So it changes and you're not always going to be the same. I know that's not a helpful answer. No, no I think it is. I think it, it is. Makes I think sense. It is. Yeah. Anything else? No, I was just going to say it's kind of like what you already know but sometimes you just want to hear something that's like you just want an answer. Mm. There's no perfect answer. There's always a caveats in this industry though. Yeah. Getting used to that. Yeah. Marketing. It's going to be dependent on the person. To me, training would always be, it had to have to be. I'd need to train. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. That's just me. Fox Comes down to priorities too, though, right? Because it's like, well, I could train later in the day, but no, I want to work and I want to be on for work and I yeah. want to like, walk my dogs. But remember the Parkinson's food. law too, right? You can do anything now. If you've got 10 minutes to go, realistically, and you, you know you work at a gym with people that program for a living, I could give you, I could put you on your back in 10 minutes. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, jujitsu? You, <laughs> you'll be back on your feet for nine. But, <laughs> but, um, um, but you could do something. Again, it's that endorphin thing, right? It's something. What can I do? Something is better than nothing. Go and do a speed session. Okay, you could do a sprint session. Do 10 hundreds every minute. Just fucking Tabata on the bike. Do you know what I mean? Anything. So sometimes it's not really that exclusive. It's like the class is good because you can create routine, but at the same time you work at a gym and have full use of the gym at any time. So, yeah, you have no excuse. All right, let's wrap this podcast up so I can go train. We've got to train. We've got 10 minutes for the next podcast. Let's go. All right, awesome. Appreciate it. Hopefully you took something from there. I think some pretty important tips and tricks, especially with the sleep stuff and the nutrition and the sort of circadian rhythm. So any questions you've got, yeah, ask away. We would be happy to answer them.